Hi there, everyone. My name is Gabriel. Later in the show, you'll meet my friend Stefano, who is my co-host. And this show, we're just going to be talking about a bunch of hockey stuff that happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, it's just, it's pretty rough around the edges. It's our first show, so uh, constructive criticism is welcome. And I would like to give a very big thank you to everyone for just stopping by and listening to the show. It's um, a great pleasure to uh, um, be able to make a show like this for all of y'all who are listening, and I hope you guys like it. Anyway, on to the show. I guess uh, we should just get started. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff going on around the league uh, right now, a lot of stuff that just happened. Uh, what do you want to talk about yeah. first, the Galchenyuk trade or... Uh... The yeah, fact that uh, the Dallas Stars game that was supposed to happen last night, I believe it was, was yeah, postponed because of the freak winter storm. Oh my god, I found that so funny. I'm not gonna lie. Like the, it was just, it was really. I found it really funny to see that. Like you know, I mean, I understand because it's Texas, but at the same time, it's come on, it's yeah. hockey, right? Like you, you kind of gotta expect a little bit of snow. It's like the most natural part of the game, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, no. I heard the uh, anthem singer couldn't make it either because of the snow. Yeah, he got stuck. It's just totally crazy. Like I heard um, a while ago when there was that huge snowstorm in the UK, um, mm. Heathrow Airport only has three snow plows, and they were all lent to the city of London. And yeah, like... this is supposed to be much worse than that. <laughs> and of course, they never get snow in Texas, so. Yeah. yeah, it's like I've heard of like people's pipes bursting and stuff, which is yeah. horrible, obviously. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I saw a picture online recently of uh, water dripping down someone's fan in their living room that had just frozen. God. Oh my god, wow, that's yeah. crazy! But yeah, and then and then the Galchenyuk trade too, that was that was an interesting one. Traded twice within like a day, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I. As a as a Sens fan, I have no complaints about that. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I I like. I see the value in him. I mean, he was third overall, right? He, yeah, and he had like one player. twenty or thirty goal season with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and he, he just dropped off the radar. Yeah, he kind of. He seems like he's been everywhere now. I mean, I yeah. think this is like his seventh team or something like that. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Montreal. Uh, was it Arizona? Arizona, right? yeah, Montreal, Arizona. Pittsburgh, um, Minnesota, maybe Minnesota. Yeah. So Montreal, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Ottawa, Ottawa Carolina, Carolina Toronto. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Seven teams. You're right. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it could be nice for the Leafs though. Yeah. Um, I did hear something. Um, so there were reports that Elliot Friedman said something along the lines of uh, that. Um, the Leafs were looking for someone to fill the second line, like winger role, I think. While yeah. Wayne Simmons was well, like, well, Simmons is out with an injury, mm-hmm. um, and, and for like for a bit between the time that that first was reported and um, the time that uh, the Leafs got Galchenyuk, yeah. uh, and so like they got Galchenyuk before it was actually reported who. Uh, the least might have been looking at so oh, yeah like just, i know a bunch of people that were like are they gonna put galchenyuk on the second line yeah you, and you, like it's just yeah i was like no like that's not what they're gonna do um no and way. uh 
So then it came out that uh, the Leafs might be looking to get Mikhail Granlund, which I think would be an interesting acquisition. That, that would definitely be interesting. I, I could see him fitting in too because he's kind of got that, that skill but also the playmaking ability, right? Yeah. So he could, he could definitely be a nice fit. And he's got the two-way game too. And I mean, having played in like Minnesota and Nashville, which are both like defensive, defensive teams. Yeah. It would be really interesting to see if he could fit into the Leafs lineup in the top six there. But yeah, no, it was it was kind of crazy to see Galchenyuk go from like a like a, a yeah. scratch on the Senators almost right away to to getting traded twice. So in terms of uh, so yeah, you're you're a Sens fan, and uh, so what do you think of the rebuild so far? I I mean it's it's interesting. This year's been kind of like a really telling year in a way. I find. Because it started off as, you know, oh, wow, we got Dadnoff. There's um, Murray coming into net. There's a lot of guys and pieces yeah. that you're like, huh, this could actually be a decent team. Yeah. And then they go out and what's the record? Like 4-12-1, I think, or 4-13-1 now? Something uh, the Sens record currently – let me just look that up because I have the yeah, no um, the NHL app on my phone, which is open ah, at the moment. Uh, yeah, Um. The Sens record currently is four thirteen and one. Four thirteen and one, yeah. That's yeah. not that's definitely not the start, especially after you get those guys. But I mean, if you like the first maybe seven games, besides the winning against the Leafs, right? Yeah. The first like seven or so games right up until they were in Edmonton, they didn't look very promising. The young guys were kinda like still getting adjusted and everything yeah. but now now you see you watch a sense game and they can actually dominate the game not only just steal a win they can actually play for whatever 40 minutes or 60 minutes at least of the game and make it a competitive game right which is it's quite nice to see now and that's i i'm really starting to become a fan of the rebuild um and stutzla has been looking amazing so far oh my god he's so there's definitely still like a little adjustment or two he needs to make yeah. to get to the full kind of like yeah. nhl level but like he's so entertaining to watch like you just see him skating around guys out there and it's like you take a step back and look at him and it's, it's really impressive yeah and i think um especially with uh like especially with a team like that uh just looking at sort of the rookie race at this point mm-hmm. um i think if you only counted the younger rookies and not like yeah. Pia Suter, who I believe is 24. Yeah. I can't remember though. Yeah, he's um, definitely. And Kirill Kaprizov, who is 25 now, I think. Uh, I think Stutzla would be in the running for the Calder. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, he'd have to, I think I could definitely see it still even, but he'd have to really turn it up. He'd really have to like, because he makes all those plays, but he'll, he'll get stopped at times, right? And if he, Yeah if you can really step it up a notch, he might be able to compete with those guys. But there's a few that, that have been, like Chicago especially, they've been kind yeah. of impressive this year almost, just get, given the fact they don't have Taze. And... I haven't like I haven't been following that division much just because everything's happening in the North Division. So <laughs> Yeah, the North Division's where it's at this year, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, I did hear an argument for Kevin Lankinen getting the call to yeah. this season? Yeah. That, I mean, if Chicago can, like, make a playoff push almost, I definitely could see that because he's, yeah. he's been, like, surprisingly good almost. Yeah, and that's a crazy tandem. Subban yeah. and Lankinen, <laughs> like, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. well. 
no, no, there shouldn't be any any real chance that Chicago wins the game this year, but they're still managing to yeah. just dominate sometimes. And you see the Kurashev goal last night? I did. That was that gorgeous. Was, yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, was it was straight out of his old world junior days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sort of talking about that, uh, um, yeah, sort of going from uh, east to west now, just for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I did hear some rumors that um, that Vancouver, so Vancouver, of course, is looking to trade Jake Vertanen at this point. Yeah. And um, there were some rumors that uh, I heard about that Boston might have been looking to pick up Vertanen. And uh, um, the return on that trade was supposedly going to be Jake DeBrusque. Wow. Yeah. I mean... Uh, there, I think I think there's there's got to be some other piece if you're Boston that you're yeah. looking for, right? Like you can't yeah. just do that one for one. But it, I mean, I can see Vertan going back there because he's from out west, right? Yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see him in Vancouver. I think he'd be really nice. I mean, Vertan's already in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, DeBrusque, DeBrusque. Yeah, DeBrusque. Yeah. Um, yeah. it would also it would be kind of cool to see DeBrusque yeah. uh, back in Canada. Yeah, it would be. I would like to see that. I would like to see that for sure. I I think for Tannen, I I want him to be good so badly. Yeah. I want to see him do well, but I don't know. I there's just a lack of like hope almost now that he's yeah. kind of like yeah. he's getting up there in age and everything. So mm-hmm. not old, but he's. Still I mean, he's he's 25 now. Yeah, yeah. Like you you expect out of the six round pick to be doing or six overall pick, sorry, to be yeah. doing a bit better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he's the age now where if you were playing one of EA's NHL video games, you would consider trading. him. Yeah. yeah. He's stopping. He's stopping to increase in potential. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. kind of, it seems, it seems that way for a lot in the NHL. Like it used to be like the peak, peak years or the prime age, I think would be like 20, late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Now it's, now it's younger. A lot younger. It's yeah. A lot younger. Yeah. A lot um, of the young guys are making huge roles. Well, we're on the topic of recent NHL news. Um, yeah. The so well, pretty recent anyway. Um, Jim Rutherford stepping down, and uh, yeah. Hextall and Berkey uh, going in to basically that's, replace him. That's an interesting one for sure. I don't know how I feel about that to be yeah. honest, because like, you know, you. I, I like the approach by Pittsburgh, but you think after years of kind of like trying to get, you know, Crosby back to the cup, and they obviously did that with the back-to-back, but there is like that in-between time almost where just nothing seemed to work. And then, you know, you have Rutherford bring him back, and then now he steps down in like a couple years where there is nothing that seemed to work. You'd think they'd kind of go something new. Yeah. But um, I could... I could see Hextall and Burke going for that old school approach and it working as well. So it, yeah. it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. And that whole thing, like, uh, like years ago when they decided to go with Murray instead of um, flower. Murray. And yeah. then, um, and then that didn't really work because Murray's now on the sends yeah. and they decided to go with Jari instead of Murray. Yeah. And now that's not working. <laughs> they can't get no. good goaltending. No, they, they yeah. definitely need a few more pieces. There's no doubt there. Like, you, you want to see them get a probably goaltender, which, I mean, Hextall definitely would, would help with. There's he would no know what he's talking about. about. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think Burke, 
having them in there as like an advisor almost he can mm-hmm. kind of get that that not necessarily protection that Crosby needs because he's kind of grown into like a strong player himself but just like a guy that could create space someone like a Tom Wilson that could kind of um just create space for Crosby or Malkin to open up and do what they do best yeah on that note like what do you think the Pens would trade for a Tom Wilson like player and what do you think they would be willing to give up I don't think Tom Wilson would be the guy because the Caps just love him too much, right? Yeah. And going from Capitals to Penguins just doesn't seem right. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think like uh, there are guys that can not necessarily play that role exactly, but kind of fill a similar role, I guess you would say. Yeah. So I'm not sure who, who exactly would be that guy, but I think the Penguins, in terms of giving up stuff, that's going to be the toughest part because they don't have much of a, a prospect pool, really. They haven't had many picks. They just haven't had a lot of kind of like chances almost to to have some guy come in like that or to make a big trade like that. But I could see them moving someone like Pierre-Olivier Joseph or uh, Samuel Poulin if they had to, and it was going to mean that they get someone like significant that could help them bring them back to a cup run i could definitely see that happening so um just going on other stuff that uh, has been uh, talked about uh recently that's been sort of discussed recently within the nhl all this stuff mm-hmm. uh that happened with uh, tony d'angelo should we cover yeah. that or? yeah yeah I'm up for it. yeah i mean he's i think when like because tampa drafted him right yeah, tampa drafted him 19th overall yeah, and he, coming out of Sarnia, there was, like, character issues. That was one of the big yeah. t- things. So, he has all the talent, but, and, yeah. you know, he, he Tampa drafted him, and they knew he had character issues, and, and New York took him, and he knew he had character issues. And he's such a talent, right? Yeah. Um, just, he, I mean, his defensive talent has been declining for a oh, while. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's defensively talented at all. Like, I mean, maybe a little bit, obviously. He's like, one of those players that I think if his attitude was better, you could put him on the wing and he might perform really well. Yeah, if he, if he was open to trying that, I think that would be really good. And I mean, it's just like you watch him play and he's got that skating, right? That's fluid. The puck moving's fluid. The offense is fluid. The defense isn't quite there. But if you have a good enough partner with him, it might be. But it's just it's not worth it with the attitude, it doesn't seem. Yeah, no, like, um, <laughs> so um, did you hear about all those, uh, like, uh, burner account, supposedly, things that he had on, like, Twitter yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that's just dumb. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. There's, I think there's just something a little, not off, but there's just, he's not, he's not all there in terms of, like, kind of his, like, social aspects. There's something... Yeah. That, that helps him cause um, cause these problems. Because I don't think most, I mean, obviously most hockey players and most athletes aren't like this, right? Like, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine sent me a uh, link to a Tumblr post that uh, someone had uh, made about the, like, about the whole thing with uh, Tony D'Angelo. And it yeah. was screenshots of a Twitter conversation between the uh, Twitter account NYR fan nine two three six zero two four four yeah okay and um this guy on twitter uh who went by mr booth underscore seven and it's really funny because it's like um so mr booth is um like 
he, so he decides to kind of troll NYR fan. Yeah. And so he uh, direct messages this NYR fan, um, basically saying that uh, he heard the Vancouver Canucks are making an offer for Tony D'Angelo within the next 24 hours. Yeah. And um, NYR fan responds to that with, uh, where did you hear this from? So Mr. Booth um, responds to that with uh, that he's buddies with John Weisbrod. Um, and uh, that, uh, and then he goes on to say, uh, you should be um, ready for a big call soon, as if like saying he knows that this is Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and so NYR fan responds to that with, wow, what's Van's offer? And it goes on and on and on. And um, like at one point, NYR fan like sends a screenshot of a text conversation with uh, someone named Pat. And oh, Pat. if you know anything- Is that Pat Brisson? Yeah. If, if you know anything oh about God. Tony D'Angelo, Pat Brisson is his agent. <laughs> yeah. And the, screen, the, the screenshot of the conversation uh, goes something like this. Am I being traded to Vancouver? What are you talking about? Who told you that? <laughs> uh, some guy on Twitter DM'd me and said he's friends with John Weisbrod, Canucks AGM, and that it's basically a done deal. And then it goes on something like that. And Pat oh some response to that with, how many times do I have to tell you to get the fuck off Twitter? <laughs> Go to oh bed. <laughs> and so he's basically admitting that he's actually Tony D'Angelo. So it's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, I did not see that conversation. That's hilarious. I can't believe he's doing that stuff. Like you think an NHLer would just kind of. Yeah. You know, he's 25 as well. You would think that. he understands social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would. You really would. But still, yeah. it's just. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I'm just... I think that's I the just, funniest thing I've read all week or something like that, or yeah, the past two weeks. Yeah. yeah. It definitely it definitely brightens your mood in a way to see that just funny, funny stuff like that happening within the league. Yeah. Um especially if it's putting down someone with like the character issues of Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, no, it's, it's so uh, is there anything specific that you wanted to talk about? Because I've been running the conversation a bit, so Oh, no worries, so like no you worries. have some air um, time. No, I was I was just thinking about uh, Jake Rutanen again, actually. And there's there's an article I was reading in the Athletic that was talking about um, how a buyout could make sense for Vancouver if they can't find a trade for him. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because I mean he's not a super expensive guy, and you look at the Canucks team and they're like, well, there's guys like Tyler Myers. Who yeah. I, I don't think adds any value really, but no, no. is making what five, six million a year now for, yeah. for another four or five years. And it's like, hmm. and um, um Vertanen's making like 2.5 now, yeah, he's not making a significant amount. I mean, it's it's what like a two, three year deal, I think. I think so, but if you're looking at a deal like that, Vertanen's only like 24, 25, which means he yeah. still has some time to grow. If you're thinking of a buyout like that, why not that buyout like? Suter or um uh yeah beagle or Roussel yeah. or just someone someone who's kind of like yeah, a just, similar role a bit older and like yeah i mean i think those guys add value but it just depends on what team and what situation yeah. vancouver doesn't seem like the right team for it whatsoever yeah. 
but uh, I don't know. Besides that, I mean, it's oh, you know what I found interesting? The uh, kind of like St. Louis, Arizona series too. Oh yeah, they were basically just and, doing a playoff series. Yeah, and like it's just like really like you know like I I understand it. I guess you know there's COVID compilations, especially in the U.S. Yeah, but. It was it was definitely interesting to see yeah. that series kind of pan out. I have a friend in Arizona who, uh, like, I was talking to throughout while the series was happening, mm-hmm. and she was basically just complaining at how bad the Coyotes were. Because I mean, they have two really good goalies in Ranta and Kemper, but yeah. they have nothing else. That that yeah, I mean they have they have like a few pieces that you know could grow into something. Like Keller, complimentary. Yeah. yeah, Keller Hayton could be something. Keller Hayton, Chikrin. Yeah, yeah, those three guys could be cornerstones. But I just think the franchise is so mismanaged. There is the whole debacle with Chika and how they had what was it three picks stripped away, two picks stripped yeah. away. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's pick. Uh, the first and second next year. So the first yeah. and second in this upcoming draft, the first in the draft after this upcoming draft. Wow. And like a third as well. Yeah, no, they got tri- stripped of the third last year, I think. And they didn't have their first or second. And then their first pick was uh, Mitchell Mitch Miller. Miller. Who was the, uh, Which is can. its own can of worms. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's just the, the new ownership is not very good. And like Marullo. They, they don't have a GM right now. No. And their their owner insists on making um, like decisions or like yeah. helping in hockey operations with no knowledge of hockey. Yeah, no, like I'm pretty sure. Like, like I've heard a lot of people say that their owner is actually probably clinically insane. So, <laughs> I yeah. I have no evidence to support that, but I've heard it from other no, like people in the no, hockey community. So, <laughs> there's this one article I remember reading, and it was so bad it just tore apart the coyotes yeah dysfunction in the desert finger pointing fear and financial uh woes royal the coyotes organization by katie strang and it was basically like a super long article it was in the athletic yeah and it it just tears apart the coyotes piece by piece by piece there's nothing good that comes like no positive aspects that comes out of that article and it was it was interesting to read to say the least but yeah um that organization definitely seems in shambles somewhat yeah um i mean the entire nhl is pretty much in shambles just because of covid at the moment but yeah. that whole thing has been going on for years yeah no they they need i mean and it's not like that they need new ownership but it's like again really like you know it's, it's like you can't just keep changing owners there's no stability there when there's no stability, it's just going to be new guys coming in, completely changing up the team, completely changing up the way they run things, and it just just seems like it's going to deteriorate. To be honest, yeah, I'm actually just really excited for next year to happen, just because, yeah. um, like, I mean, the Seattle Kraken are coming into the NHL, and they're going to be taking yeah. a year from each team. And... That's always really exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I just saw a thing recently. They they just finished the uh, tunnels from the dressing room to the ice surface. Oh yeah. Yeah, 
they they finished building the like the exterior of the rink they finished rebuilding the exterior of the rink and they're doing the interior now so that's kind of exciting oh wow that's great yeah no i've heard really good things they're um i want to say ceo but it could just be someone working on the rink itself he's done like a lot of like like environmental and covid yeah kind of like safe features to it like i think he in seattle because he did the same with the islanders new rink too he was there before but in seattle tim tim lewicki or something like that yeah tim lewicki he's the general manager yeah. um, uh, i think i, I want to say ceo yeah ceo probably yeah yeah <laughs> yeah something along those lines yeah but yeah no he was like implementing like uh it was just like economically or no not economically environmentally friendly features to the kraken rink which seemed really cool i mean they they named the rink I can't remember the name now, but it's like uh, they like they gave it a really kind of stupid sounding name, but it's like uh, um, just to commemorate the fact that it's all entirely like eco friendly. Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah, Climate Pledge Arena. That's what it is. (laughs) And when that was announced, it was like people were like, "What are you doing? Why would you call it that?" Yeah, of course. But I mean. It's, it's important that the big organizations like this kind of look at the the environmental factors too and yeah. i think i think it's good in some ways but it is probably not the ideal name yeah I no. yeah. that doesn't um, seem like a hockey arena name at all especially because the seattle kraken colors are that like red white and like yeah. ocean blue and the colors of the rink are green and navy something like that yeah it's, it's Sweet. I, th- I thought Seattle was going to go green, like an emerald green and a, and a yeah. nice navy blue or something like that. Like, I'm, very... I'm fine with the colors. I, I love oh, the yeah, logo. No. But, uh, oh, the logo looks awesome with the I and the S. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm honestly kind of hoping if they announce, like, an alternate jersey, uh, that it will be at least the design of the original Seattle Metropolitan's jersey. Yeah, the colors would be as so well. cool with the 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 what is it red red green and blue or yeah. red green and white stripes. It's not even white. It's like an off white. It's a beige. Yeah, it's like a yeah. weird beige. Those I I agree with that. I think I made a just a side note, I guess, but I made an NHL twenty one team like GMO type thing, and that was my third jersey for it. Yeah, it's a really cool looking jersey, but it's like yeah, yeah, um. I just feel like it, it would be an interesting sort of way to go in a in an era of the NHL that uh, um, seems to think that minimalist jerseys are better. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of kind of, I, I, I uh, there's a lot of weird jerseys. The reverse retros were interesting to see. I yeah. Thought, though. I mean, like, there was a whole thing with Detroit. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Some of, the, some of them are great though, but others like, I'm not a fan of the Leafs one. No, I don't like the gray whatsoever. No. I, I, it's just weird for me. Yeah. And like the, I like the Suns one. The red's kind of nice. Yeah. I, I really like the Suns jerseys. That's I mean, they, they rolled out those new jerseys at the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. as Stutzel comes in, as the team's kind of shaping up, like they, yeah. I think, I think they plan that. I, I really like when teams do that. They kind of change everything up to go with like the new era almost. Yeah. That they usher in. 
I think honestly one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen though was the 1928 jersey for the Hamilton Tigers. I think I know which one you're talking about. That one's it's, just... it's the one that's it's referees stripes, but in black and yellow with a black patch with the uh, yellow tiger's head on it. Just a huge black yeah. patch on the chest. That was just very questionable decisions made throughout the 1920s. To be fair, yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> although I think I think the the Hamilton Tigers' decision to draft probably um probably like one of the um, players with one of the best names in hockey in that decade is probably yeah. one of the best decisions they made. And that player is Babe Die. Babe Die, yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a great name. I swear, I swear names have just gotten worse since the early days of hockey. Yeah, I mean, like, you'll, you'll find the, like, sometimes, like, sometimes you'll find an interesting one playing the NHL video games. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing like Dave Dyer, Cyclone Taylor. Then, like, the nicknames have gotten worse, too. There's no, like, yeah. there's one guy, one eyed Frank McGee, which is just, like, I mean, obviously he has one eye, but, like, it's just hilarious to see. Yeah. That. Yeah. I've also, like, I've noticed, like, names of hockey players as well as, um, like, nicknames, as we were just saying. And also, um, in terms of, like, just the way we track stats, like it's gotten better, mm-hmm. but uh, um, like it's also gotten more interesting. Like you can find a whole bunch of uh, new ways that people are tracking stats. Yeah, no, there's, um, and there's, there's it's sort of gone in like the opposite direction of uh, team like colors or jerseys or like player names or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's a few guys that do some really cool, interesting stat tracking, like Dom Lushishiskin. Dom Lushishiskin or Lucision? Yeah, 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 no, he's always really interesting. Uh, Lucision, yeah, yeah. I can never get his name right. Um, there's yeah, um, there's an Instagram account I came across, I think, like a month or two ago, called Hockey Radars. Oh yeah. That um, like they do stuff like um, it's basically just a dartboard. And the closer okay. you get to the center of the dartboard, the worse the player is at that stat. The further away from the center you get, the better they are. Okay. Huh. That's that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. So you that get stuff like um, go about it, though. Yeah. So you, you can do stuff like um, comparisons between uh, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. Oh. oh. Okay. I know. I know what that means. Yeah. 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 There's a few video games that don't have that per se, but like just for the attributes of the players, they'll do like yeah. a little circle and like, yeah, like, it, 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 I, I like that. I, I know that, that um, like I'm pretty sure Franchise Hockey Manager does something like that, but I can't say for certain. Yeah, 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 no, I um, could buy that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, just going through some of these, uh, in terms of sort of breakout players this season, who do you think has had the best breakout season? I, I mean, I kind of got to give it to sh- Chicago, I'd say, just because of their, their rookies, like Lankinen, Pia Sutter, Kershaw. But there's there's been a few guys. I, I One guy I'm really actually happy to hear about is uh, Jordan Kyrou on St. Louis. Yeah. Who's, he's putting up points. He's just playing well. He's been up and down from the AHL to the NHL in the past Kyrou year. deserved an NHL spot several seasons ago. Yeah, no, I I agree. After that World Juniors, where he kind of he shone, I guess yeah. you'd say. 
And I, I would have I would have liked to see him in the NHL sooner, but I can kind of get it. It takes a while for a guy, especially one that's undersized, to adjust usually. Like Kaprizov yeah. obviously had the advantage of playing in Russia and Hoglander had the advantage of playing against Swedes and yeah. in the SHL. But with with um with Kairu, I was really happy to see him finally kind of producing. And he's and the other crazy thing about it too is he's not very like he's not getting very much power play time. He's not like at the start of the year at least, he wasn't getting a a lot of the same opportunities as other guys were on the team, yet he was still producing at a at a quite incredible pace i found and the hoaglander is another guy that i was really happy to see kind of kind of take up that notch too yeah what about you who's Um, who's your uh, breakout player of the year so far i mean you can't go wrong with justin hall no no i have to agree with that yeah justin hall is definitely a guy that's he as a sunshine he pisses me off more than anyone else to be honest yeah (laughs) yeah um Got to give him credit with the ugly hair to kind of, you know. That's almost as bad as Sammy Niku's hair from a couple seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Niku, oh my God. His hair was just something else for sure. The, the least, there's after, because the last night, um, he had the, Hall had the assist to Matthews, right? Yeah. And when they were looking at each other, I was like, okay, wow, I didn't realize the 1970s looks were still there with Matthews and the nice little. <laughs> yeah. That like Matthew's mustache is not very good. No. No. No, no, no I, I agree with that. My dad called him a 70s porn star the other day. I mean, I would have to agree with that. That's what he looks like. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just not very good. Yeah. Uh and then um in terms of like if we're looking at breakout seasons by goalies, of course, there's Kevin Lankinen. Mm-hmm. But then I would also have to say Marcus Hogberg for the Sens, because he's been playing a lot. He, yeah, like, I, like, especially yeah. recently, he's it been was, playing a lot yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, no, the, he's been the, better than Murray at least. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I think like the start of the year, both goalies just weren't there. There is no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. And then um, Hogberg got the start. I mean, in Edmonton, that one game. Yeah, uh, there's obviously a couple bad bad games that were it was tough to watch because he'd just be out of position he wouldn't know where his net is right and that was yeah that's what killed me but then um murray came in came back and played really well against the Habs. he had like five he had multiple games where he was just he was yeah. really solid in that really good goalie and, and he's been like that since but hogberg after murray got hurt there he, he definitely stepped in a role where he could help the team win and that was yeah exactly what was needed of them right yeah um and uh like especially with a team like that i think the next big piece that the Sens need is probably going to be uh jesper wallstead in this upcoming draft i would love to see that so much there's there's a lot of guys though i'd love to see because i mean what with the Sens now you're probably picking in the top five and, and Wallstead was projected to go fifth, so yeah, I don't know. That Wallstead scares me. I don't. I don't like the idea of taking the goalies that early. But I do. It would be a nice piece to have for sure. But I think. I don't know if the Suns pick it high enough. I think you got to go for. I. Uh, it it depends where they pick, right? But there's a lot of guys this year that, at least I've already fallen in love with, like Owen Power. He's going to be just dominant. 
um brant clark, brant clark as well yeah power, like so good and and even like the the americans like veneers and ken johnson they've both shown up at michigan and like there's a lot of guys that i really look forward to but the sense i don't know they have they have a couple good pieces on prospects i really want to see more than anything i think a defenseman like a long defensive defenseman with just good range good skating i think that's crucial because good branson riley um those those two are just it's tough to watch them as a sense fan i'm not gonna lie it's just you're kicking yourself and against like a wall every time you see them play almost and it's it's tough but the yeah, I think there's gonna be guys that'll come up and down. They they have a deep prospect pool, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it turns out in the end. Brandstrom, I thought played really well in the game last night. Oh, Brandstrom's good. I'm glad he's back now too, because he was out for like a week almost. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a fun guy to watch. I think he's gonna just be a really solid NHL. Like not in terms of his defensive play or anything, but just I like I could see him definitely just fitting into like a number two or number three spot and just really establishing himself honestly yeah because yeah because mike riley as your power as your power play quarterback no no shabbat shabbat's been great there but that second power play i I, brandstrom's the guy i want i don't want to see mike riley on the play if he plays like he's still you know the best guy in high school almost it's it's just tough to watch but i mean yeah he has a few plays where he makes those nice stretch passes and then he'll do something like a little spinorama move at the point that just results in him turning over the puck. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why? And especially if you're playing against the Leafs and you're on the power play against the second power play unit with Mikheyev, you don't want to turn it over at the, uh, at the no. blue line. No, he's dangerous. Mikheyev's actually, he'd be another guy, not necessarily a breakout season because he's already established himself, but like just he's, He's dangerous. He's yeah. dangerous every time he's out there. He's kind of like a better or a bigger, more physical version of uh, Hagelin in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I love Mikheyev as a player because, like, I like I personally think that uh, um, my sort of style of playing hockey is that of Mikheyev. Close to Mikheyev's. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen me play hockey. We played on the same team before. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, um, like, yeah. I mean, like Mikheyev, I can't shoot either. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, like. But yeah, no. Mikheyev is definitely not necessarily a, a pure goal scorer, if you, if you call it that. I mean, his first goal this season was absolutely a dirty goal. Oh yeah, but hey, any puck that goes in the net counts, right? Yeah. Um. For instance, Kerfoot shot off Murray's head into the net for the game winner last night. <laughs> yeah. That was tough to watch. That yeah. was really tough to watch. Thornton technically had two last night, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that was crazy too. I was like, I mean, I understand why they didn't count, obviously. Like, but that was tough to see. You know, you want the old guy to do make things yeah. happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been, I mean, saying it's been a crazy year is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> yeah. It really has been, especially um, especially just in the world of sports as well. Not just in the NHL, but all over the world. Um, all over the world, for sure. Uh, 
in the European leagues as well. Uh, I remember hearing something. Um, so <laughs> Liam Kirk, the guy from the United Kingdom who was drafted yeah. in the seventh round by the Coyotes a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. He played one, I, I think it was one season with the Peterborough Peets last year. Or has he played yeah, two seasons he, already? I can't yeah, remember. I think he played two. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. played two. He played two. He, he's played two seasons with the Peets. Went back mm-hmm. over to the UK to play in a tournament. In his first game oh, back yeah. in the UK, he scored five goals. Yeah, there's no... He's yeah. a class above everyone else, right? Like, yeah, I mean, for, there's a reason the UK, to get drafted into the NHL. Yeah. I mean, you see, like, in the, in the EIHL, the British League, you see, like, guys like Brian McGratton who went and Paul Bissonnette, and they're, like, they're, like, actually playing hockey and scoring, and it's like, oh, like, interesting. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Since when? <laughs> you don't expect that to happen at all. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a nice change of pace, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I, I think it was last year or two years ago um, with Ben Bounds after his uh, like breakout sort of uh, world championships for England. Um, yeah. He like he played out the last season of his contract with his team in the UK and immediately left for Europe because another team saw him at the World Championships and was like, "We need to have a guy in net." Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's <laughs> that's great. Yeah. No, British hockey is definitely an interesting beast. Yeah, it, I've I've sort of found that the sport is uh, growing a lot more around the world these days, which is great to yeah, see. No, it is. It is. It's it's scary because I think there's a few nations that could overtake Canada if they really put their mind to it. It's you know kind of like the the uh, I guess it would be like the common world dominant team in hockey. I guess you you could say, but yeah. Um, I mean Nigeria they, even they, has a hockey team now. So yeah, I've seen yeah. Kenya with the with the Tim Hortons commercials. And, Was it Kenya or Nigeria? I can't remember. I think it might have been Kenya. Yeah. For the Tim's commercials, I know it was Kenya. Yeah. I don't know about Nigerian hockey too much, to be honest. But I might I might have been yeah. mixing them up, but that's my fault. Ah. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. It's yeah. interesting to see though. Yeah. Those two. And I I'm I'm kinda curious about um China too. I think China could become a super Kulun Kulun Red Star. Yeah. Kulun Red Star, yeah. And they had that guy and Dong Song drafted to the Islanders. Yeah. Um, they're coming up a little bit and then you get players like um aito aguchi uh coming up in the yeah. drafts and stuff like that in yeah, the upcoming no, nhl drafts that's gonna be exciting to see <laughs> yeah. yeah i always no, love it like i always love it in the nhl video games when you get a player from like japan or korea yeah. or something like that yeah. in the draft those are always great yeah. and i mean the, before it was like a like a joke i remember like in I don't know what draft it was, but for the Sabres, Harold Ballard, he he got fed up of the NHL draft having like seventy four rounds, nineteen seventy four, yeah, yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah with the I don't know his name, but the fake name, it was Taro, something. it was Taro, yeah, something. yeah Taro something, and yeah. he just took him and was like, yeah, yeah, real guy, and like he yeah. he created hype around him, and then it just ended up, being yeah, and um, oh yeah, it was Taro Sujimoto. Sujimoto, yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite facts from that story, one of my favorite like little tidbits of information from that mm-hmm. story is that um, for a while after that draft, every game that the Sabres were playing terribly in, 
the fans would hang banners from their seats, like hang banners from the balconies saying, we want Tsujimoto. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw a picture of a guy wearing a Tsujimoto. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, he's like, Tsujimoto's sort of become like the myth of the NHL kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, like, I'm really happy to see um, non-hockey countries like Japan and uh, um, China and all those um, start to actually get into hockey more because that means like it's actually spreading all over the world and uh, yeah, it can be an international game a bit more than just having what like five six teams more or less kind of dominate every tournament they're in. Yeah, yeah. Like I was honestly surprised when uh, the UK got as far as they did in that tournament. And yeah, that no, team was pretty much led by Kirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's always like a a little surprise here and there, which is yeah. it's nice to see though. Yeah, it's nice to see Germany really stepping it up too in the hockey world. Yeah, because they've um, always had guys, but not at this level, you know. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially in sports video games, having like players from non-hockey countries in the draft. Um, yeah sort of uh like one of the things i really like to do is come up with sort of storylines for each of the players and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> uh, just great. To, just to like fill out the story of the team more because mm-hmm. uh, like i'm a like i'm a really creative person i am trying to be a writer mm-hmm. but it's not working very well at the moment but no, it's uh, coming, it's coming. yeah um so uh just to flesh out the characters a bit more i love coming up with some backstories for them. And I feel like, um, especially like within a lot of sports video games, you get sort of the meme nations. Yeah. Sometimes with yeah, like, um, sure. I know I know in the NHL video games, it's North Korea with players yeah. always coming about in the seventh round. Um, and in, um, in the NBA 2K video games, it's Australia, but their jerseys are misspelled. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. I had no idea about that NBA one. Yeah. <laughs> I only recently learned about that one, but it's like I find it kind of hilarious that it's like I mean the fact that non hockey countries in terms of NHL um actually are even in the game mm-hmm. is oh a big god. step forward, but uh yeah, I feel yeah. like some of them have been turned think- into memes sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't think the context is entirely there in the sense of like trying to spread the game and, and whatnot and get it, make it more international and more yeah. global. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, anything can be really turned into a meme if it happens just often enough to be yeah. considered not rare. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> on the topic of rare stuff happening, uh, in video games like that the um the like the name generators in ea sports video games are terrible so bad they just keep like you end up drafting like three ovechkins don't even blink an eye like yeah i um like i recently got a guy in the seventh round of one of the series that i'm doing right now um Mm -hmm. named connor connor a defensive Connor. defenseman. Wow. Yes. Wow. C O N N E R C O N N O R. Connor Connor. Huh. Yeah. 
and he was like on my top pairing uh, on defense for like seven years in the game. No. Yeah. Connor, Connor. Yep. Oh, wow. But it's That's like, crazy. it's hilarious stuff like that that uh, yeah. makes the game fun sometimes. Cause I know, yeah. like, I know that there are a lot of people, especially within the NHL uh, video games mm-hmm. community, that yeah. are very disappointed with the direction that the game has gone. Uh, that's that's understandable. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Tough too. It, it makes it a little bit fun in a way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember recently uh, one of the Twitch streamers I watched that plays NHL. Um, he so actually I'm I'm gonna shout him out here because why not? It's Tugi24 yeah. on Twitch. Uh, he has his own podcast called Tugi's Take. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um. And uh, he recently lost his, so he spent, I think, over 100 hours editing the rosters for NHL 21. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yeah, he spent over 100 hours editing the rosters. And during one of the most recent roster updates, the EA roster update overwrote his edited rosters. Oh, my God. So he lost all of them. He lost all of the work he'd done. That's so bad. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. Yeah, and uh, what makes it even maybe better, but also maybe worse, is that he's an EA game changer, and they don't listen to him because he's complained so much about the game that they've just stopped listening to him. <laughs> That's so bad. I feel so bad for this guy. He just wants to play a good NHL video game. Yeah, so he's resorted to playing NHL 2K10 at this point. <laughs> oh my god. That that was a fun game though. No it was. There. I think no the first NHL there. video game I ever played was 2K9. Yeah, with Rick Nash. Yeah. On the cover. Yeah, oh, and then yeah. I don't think I ever played 2K10. I think I went directly to NHL Slapshot, which was probably the weirdest oh, jump ever. That was definitely a diff- interesting jump, but that was fun too. I like yeah. that show. Like, you know, just sit there with the sticks and like. Yeah. Move around and whatnot. That was. That was a though. fun era. That was a fun era. Mm. Mm, that would that would be probably one of the few video games on the Wii I'd like to play at this moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think I still have it. I think my controller's really? kind of broken now. So yeah, <laughs> no, I remember I broke the stick almost instantly. Yeah. Um. So uh, getting back onto the topic of uh, actual NHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like we've gone off that topic for quite a while. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, but we should get back to it. Yeah, 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 no. Uh, so just some NHL news. Uh, have you been following the, uh, like, the COVID, uh, the COVID lists and stuff like that recently? A, a little bit, but not, I haven't, I haven't checked it as of late. So um, I think. about Buffalo finally. Uh, I'm coming back and it's full health. Yeah, so um, I think uh, COVID protocol absences for, uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, so it's uh, for February 17th. So this is the most recent. Uh, yeah, okay. Sam Gerard and Hunter Miska on the Avalanche. Okay. Uh, Jonas Bardeen. Yeah, so um, they're, they're missing Hunter Miska, who's a goaltender, and they're missing Sam Gerard, who's one of their top four defensemen. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Gerard, I like a lot, too. Yeah. Um, 
for the Minnesota Wild, Jonas Brodin, Victor Rask, and um, Carson Soucy, and Cam Talbot are all on the COVID protocol list. That's got to be a blow. Yeah. Especially because, you know, they're kind of – they're finally in an interesting team this year, I yeah. guess you'd say. Yeah, but I mean yeah. – yeah, no, Talbot, I don't know if that was necessarily the right signing for them, but... Yeah, swapping Talbot for Dubnik makes no sense. I, uh, yeah, I mean, Dubnik was not very good either, and they were paying him a lot, but it just... Yeah. It's, Talbot, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know, I don't agree with it necessarily either. But their yeah. team's just kind of interesting situation, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and so moving on, we have uh, Thomas Nosek is on the COVID protocol list oh, yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty big part of their team. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely guys I think that could fill his role in a way, but not. They they definitely want him back. I could see that. Yeah, uh, Philip Heedle for the New York Rangers. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, because he's, he's been he's been decent for them. He's been one of the yeah. better younger players. Yeah. No, he's he's been he's been consistent. And, you know, you got to respect the checks in the NHL. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. Um, yeah. Of course, uh, Ryan Zingle is on the cover protocol list just because he's coming from yeah, Carolina. Yeah, because of the, the trade. Yeah. Apparently, um, before Galchenyuk got traded again, him and Paquette were going to actually make a, a road trip down to uh, Carolina. Just so they could avoid the the seven day protocol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Packett will have to do that trip himself. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a long, lonely trip. Yep. <laughs> um, this Please is a big one. No. Yeah. So yeah. this next one's a big one. Nico Heischer for the uh for the New Jersey Devils. He's on Ooh. the list. Yeah, I saw the Devils were having big COVID issues. Yeah. For a while um, there, but the, there was their teams. Their team is yeah. interesting for sure. Yeah. I, there, there's a lot of young guys that I like. Sharon Govich came out of nowhere on that team. Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, an interesting case. And Ty Smith has been great. Black yeah. has really stepped it up. There was Black that whole thing I think last month or so with uh, the Devils. I think it was um, basically blaming the Buffalo Sabers for getting some of the, yeah. the Devils players. Uh, infected with COVID on the ice during one of their games. That's such a bad way to go about it. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't just play the blame game, just, you know, deal yeah. with it as it comes, right? And I think, I think that, I mean, you can kind of tell the difference between just the state of American teams versus Canadian teams, especially just given the fact that there's not been a single delay because of COVID in Canada. Yeah. In any games, no no postponements, no teams not being able, able to start the season or whatnot, just a few like inconclusives or whatnot. That's yeah. About it. Yeah. This next one's huge. This next list of players is huge because they're all on the same team. Oh, yeah. And this will mean some really, this could mean some really bad stuff for the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, yeah. Justin yeah. Braun, Morgan Frost, Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindbaum, and Jacob Voracek, all on the COVID protocol list. Yeah. Didn't their games get postponed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When, like, when half your team's on the COVID protocol list, the games have to get postponed. And especially, like, if it was, if it was um, like, lower, like, bottom six guys, maybe scratches, taxi squad members, okay, that's one thing. You can... 
in theory you can manage right yeah but if it's your core guys you're also not going to make money you're not going to have people watching your games because like you have Giroud, you have Konechny out, and those are two crucial players to your team, right? Like, it's, it's definitely a tough one to see. Yeah. And who was it that the Flyers switched from defense to wing this year? Was it Myers? Was it Myers? I, um, I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me have a look. I'm not sure how that experiment is going because I haven't really been following it, but it seems interesting because uh, obviously um, some players – succeed a lot better on wing than they might on defense and yeah, some no, do the opposite yeah I, well i remember what i mean yeah you look at brent burns i think he's the prime example right he's yeah gone from d to wing to d and, i mean interesting but he's definitely a valuable defenseman i don't think he's that valuable necessarily on the defensive end but there's still value that he provides offensively and as a puck mover and as just like his general awareness of everything. Yeah. Uh, as he moves the puck forward is quite interesting. Yeah. And but, uh, something was uh, mentioned recently that I remember hearing about uh, Travis Boyd and Justin Hall. They were well, line mates in college. Travis Boyd and Justin Hall. Yeah. Justin Hall used to be a forward. Same team? Yeah. Oh, really? They were line mates in college. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I knew I knew Mike Riley played with him too on that Minnesota team. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, Justin Hall was a forward on that Minnesota team. <laughs> I can't imagine being that effective as a forward. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it makes sense why he went defensive to defense. prowess grows. Yeah. But the but story of Justin Hall. A, yeah. Sorry. I was just gonna say it was Morin that they moved to the one. Oh yeah, Sam, Sam Morin, not Philip, not Philip Myers. Yeah, that's that's an interesting though. Myers Somehow. is a better defenseman anyway than Morin ever yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big big body though in front of the net. That would be yeah, nice. yeah. Um, with uh, you know, with the Hall thing, um, this was mentioned recently. I believe it was on the Steve Dangle podcast, but I can't remember exactly. Um, about uh, Hall. Basically, yeah, there was this huge thing with Hall because he was a second round pick of mm-hmm. the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2010, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And they let him That's walk. Well, there's, there's, did they let him walk or did he want to go somewhere else? No, they let him walk. They didn't sign him. Really? And huh. he signed with, uh, I believe it was the, like, I can't remember what ECHL team he signed with, but he ended up on the Newfoundland Growlers. Oh, wow. And came up through the uh, Leafs development system from the Growlers to the Marlies. Wow. And I mean, it definitely helps to have your, your former coach from the AHL there. Yeah. From the NHL team, right? Yeah. You know, he has that belief in him. He has how, knows how he plays, which I think I think is really interesting. I kind of I want to do a, like a little study almost, just like a quick one about how AHL coaches do when they get to the NHL, not just in terms of their actual on-ice success and the play, but yeah. in terms of how they interact with young players and how they, how like a lot more AHLers come up. Because you see with the Leafs, right? Like a yeah. lot of their young players are finally starting to put it all together. Yeah. And whatnot. And then, but the same thing with the Blackhawks with Jeremy Carlson, right? Because he came and now you have Lankinen starting in goal. Yeah, like, and Lankinen's playing amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and you have guys like Hagel and Suter, or not Suter, but um, Kershaw that also made a Rockford 
appearances and whatnot and finally stepping yeah. into NHL roles. It's nice to see. So I've been following a lot of uh, Leaf stuff recently just because uh, that's my favorite team. It's the team yeah, I follow. And um, so a couple of really big injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Sandine out for at least two weeks, I think it is, with a foot injury yeah. blocking shot in the first Marley's game of the season. That's a tough one because Sandine's a guy like as, as an objective hockey fan, I love as a Sens fan, can't stand him because he's on yeah. the East, But as an objective hockey fan, love him, love the way he plays, his skating, but like he's he just, was an amazing pick. Yeah, he's he's someone you really want to see succeed. Yeah, and especially you know with with uh, the Sioux connections on the Leafs, having him play there definitely helps. Yeah. But it, yeah. it, you want to see him do well, and you want to see him step into that role. And I thought this year, realistically, he yeah. could. But then they got Brody and they got Bogosian and other guys to kind of come in and, and fill those voids that they have on defense. Yeah. So and then um, to see him develop, though. Yeah. After and then, the entry, of course. Yeah. And then I can't remember which Finnish player it was, but uh, um, which one's the defenseman? Is it uh, Toby Niemo or Vigian? That the Leafs drafted this Niemo. Niemo. Uh, and who was the other one you said? Vidi Mietnin? Mietnin, I... Want they might both be defensemen. I can't remember, but... Yeah, uh, um, was the one that made the World Junior team, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Mietnin... No, yeah, no, it's... Uh, Mietnin is playing in uh, the college system in the U.S. right now, I think. Yeah, okay. No, no, and uh, Topi Niemela is playing in Finland, I believe. Yeah. So it was it's in the Liga, right? Yeah. So um yeah. I believe he's playing for TPS in the Liga. But uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out today that uh um Niemela is gonna be out for six to eight weeks after taking Ooh. after uh um being injured in a game last night, I believe it was. Oh wow. That's yeah. that's a tough one, especially because you know, you, you like it. I mean, obviously, an injury is never good, but especially when you're developing and you're kind of starting to catch your your stride, really, it, it definitely is a low low blow almost to your yeah. career and how, yeah. how you go about it. On the topic of more hockey news, <laughs> just to get off the Leafs, because that was a direction I saw us yeah. going, just because I love talking about the Leafs. I know you're yeah, not yeah. a huge fan of them. But, uh, oh, I don't mind. Yeah, um... Here's some more hockey news uh, per uh, Puck Report NHL on Instagram, and they got mm-hmm. it per Elliot Friedman. Um, mm-hmm. This is a quote from Friedman. I've heard rumors Jim Benning's contract is not guaranteed beyond this season. Uh, I, I, I saw that, but I think I think there is a the, the Canucks uh, owner. Yeah. I think he came out on Twitter and said, I believe in this group. I believe in the management. I believe in the coach. They will be here, but yeah. it could be. It also could be an end of season decision, right? Like, who knows yeah. at this point? Yeah, especially so, the way uh, things are going now. Not really sure about that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that'll definitely be an interesting one to see. As the I, I can't say I'm a fan of Benning. At least his drafting, I respect and I love, and you got to give him credit for the guys yeah. he gets. But his trades and his, his like signings. Benning to me, big issue. Yeah, Benning to me is sort of the same as Jason Botterill, in uh, mm. that uh, 
what Seattle did with Botterill um, makes perfect sense to me. They signed him as an assistant general manager. Yeah. Yeah, those are, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Like, yeah, like Benning would be a really good assistant general manager. Yeah, I think he would be an ideal AGM. But there's also, like, I don't know. I think I think it kind of depends on where you are. Like, there's you have an organization like the Canucks who obviously have the funds, right, to produce a good hockey team, but also to produce a good management team. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, obviously COVID hurts that. But I think there's, like, if, if you have enough self-awareness as a general manager, you can kind of see your flaws, but you can also see your strengths. And I think that once you get to that point, you have to basically say, okay, look, these signings clearly didn't work out. I'm going to have a department or I'm going to have a team, whether it be analytics, whether it be um, just veterans with experience working in the industry and basically say, okay, I want you guys to just help me help advise me on these signings help make these decisions so that in the long run I'm not going to be kicking myself when you know you have Louis Erickson sitting around not doing anything just getting paid six million that Louis Erickson contract is terrible yeah yeah and you don't have guys like like you you don't because it's a non-playoff team right now at least with cap trouble you don't want to get yourself into that situation and there's a I think the Canucks are doing that so I think he really needs just basically to say not necessarily to step down or anything but just to say hey look I need help with this let's create a team to do this so that we're not making these mistakes that's Mm it but I mean you look at the Sens for example just in comparison sorry I'm bringing up the Sens but yeah no it's fine um, like I was bringing up the Leafs a lot so you can bring up the Sens yeah no I I just it's just in comparison because Dorian's a similar guy he was a scout he was an assistant GM to um, Brian Murray before he got promoted. But it's, the thing with him is that it, he's, a, he's a scout at heart. And you can kind of see, like, if you go through the trade history in the NHL, just within, I don't know, probably last four or five months or whatever, the Sens are involved in a bunch of them. Like, there is a point where the last four trades in the league were all made by the Sens. Yeah. Like, they had some sort of involvement in, like, I don't mind. You see someone you don't like, get rid of them. But yeah. there's a point where you need to be like, okay, I can't just keep flipping guys like Paquette and Galchenyuk. We acquired them maybe like three, four, within the last six months, I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. see them go like that, and it's like, I get it. They weren't playing well. They were scratched. They weren't necessarily having huge roles, but really like already you know they're kind of already gone they just like you didn't even give them a chance on like i thought certain situations where like i think gms just need to have a bigger team around them yeah like i thought paquette would at least get a chance on the fourth line i can't remember if he did but uh he he played it he played there for a bit but it's also just like he adds a type of value to cup contenders versus yeah, versus non-playoff. I don't want to say, yeah. Yeah, let's call them a non-playoff team rather than bottom. Yeah. I mean, bottom they're technically <laughs> rebuilding, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, but... It's really hard to rebuild you know, the NHL these days. Yeah, yeah it is It is a tough yeah. tough feature, especially with the lottery. Like, that yeah. just doesn't help anyone. Like, I, did hear, Red I did hear that they're, uh, that supposedly there's going to be some restructuring of the draft lottery. I would not hate that. I, the draft seems real interesting, especially if they're going to do because I can tell you have, who would hate that: <laughs> Detroit fans. 
Oh yeah. And they've expressed their hate for that already. Yeah. 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 I've I've heard of the the plan I think at the moment is potentially having two drafts within like a weekend. Yeah. Just cuz there's no guys playing this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's uh like the whole CHL is just on postponement at the moment at least until when I don't know when they start exactly, but there's only going to play like 26 games. And just as a scout, it's it's not enough time. Yeah. There's no doubt, right? Like you can't it, I mean obviously there's going to be guys they already have information on but at the end of the day you can't just take a guy based off 26 games of seeing him at the max too because they're not going to watch every game right like you can get tape on 26 games but it's just it's not enough yeah Uh, so i I can understand it but it'll be tough if they do that because i don't know you could get passed over in one draft and then get drafted two days later in two separate years like year for drafts supposedly yeah. Uh, with that, let's uh, talk a bit about uh, um, the the upcoming draft. I know we talked a bit about it earlier with mm-hmm. in terms of prospects, but mm-hmm. uh, because this draft like is so sort of close in terms of how good the players all ranked in the top five are, yeah. who do you think is going first? Who do you, like? Who who are your top five? I mean, there is a bit of a bias because of certain guys that I prefer, right, obviously. But I think number one in my mind is still Owen Power. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. He's been playing. He's got every feature you want, right? And, like, he's just so, so big, so good. Like, everything you could ask for. For me, though, after that, it kind of gets fuzzy, I'd say. Um, Edvinson from Sweden, he's got to be up there. He's just, like, once again, big, tall, range. Like a good solid defenseman, uh, Brant Clark would probably be number two or three for me, just because. Yeah. I mean, I I saw him play when he was in Don Mills and AAA, and ever since yeah. then I'm like, oh, you know. Actually, like him. Um, but so um, the younger brother of a friend of mine uh, mm-hmm. actually played with uh, Brant Clark and Shane Wright. And really on that team? Hoffman, uh, at like oh, a skills yeah. comp once, I think. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and he was telling me how like how good all three of them actually are. Yeah, no, I've I've heard like every single one of them interests me. I hope Austin goes in like the first round. Shane Wright, there's no doubt he's number one overall. Like, yeah, but it's it's really gonna be fun to see. And then I there's would, like I would love to see within the next two years Shane Wright, Brandon Offman, and Brent Clark all on the same team. That would be that would be hard to pull off, but it would be really fun to see. Yeah, well, let's go Suns, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be yeah. tough to do, but if, if you could get something like that, there's no doubt. You're, you're looking at three guys that could be definitely, definitely be cornerstone pieces to your franchise. I mean, Shane Wright is essentially deemed a franchise player at 15, 16, yeah. and he got exceptional status. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I don't know how. I'm curious to see how he ends up turning out for sure. I'm like, I'm not sure if I trust exceptional status anymore with uh, Sean Day getting exceptional status. Yeah, and uh, other players like that. You you gotta look at that. But he was also, uh, I think, another aspect of that was that he was really physical, physically yeah. mature, and he had, I think, when he was in Mississauga, his brother died. I want to say. Yeah. Which definitely hurt his game, and there's there's definitely aspects that played into that but 
I, I do feel that I do agree in a sense that exceptional status is just it has become a bit less kind of prominent feature yeah. mm-hmm. because I mean in the WHL there's like three guys that applied I think only yeah. one or two of them got it and even then it was like a weekend version of it it was like oh yeah you can play 15 games or something like that yeah whatever yeah. it is normally but it, it's it's not something you love you love to see all the time you kind of want to make it like truly a once in a generational talent right? yeah or like uh, an elite level player yeah uh <laughs> sort of continuing on with that uh i know marco rossi de- like didn't have exceptional status which, yeah uh so uh yeah but he's still an absolutely amazing player and it's really really just kind of i feel terrible to see him uh just get covid and uh yeah. get really ill and like he's out for the entire season now trying to recover from covid yeah. it's tough it's, I, I i think there's there's one point that i mean obviously with the 67th he's been phenomenal there's no doubt about that the world juniors i found disappointing i mean you don't have much of a team around him but and it was his first or i don't know if it was his first world juniors but definitely one like he didn't play the year before in it because yeah well it, it was austria in the second division but you definitely wanted to see him kind of do a bit more than he did and there's i mean i, I still thought even with that performance there's there's no doubt that he had a chance to make the wild this year or at least yeah. i mean while the ohl season was yeah not taking place playing the ahl for a bit right? yeah and, like no like from what i've heard he would have made the wild this like oh yeah no he, like it was guaranteed like they need marco rossi <laughs> oh I died. yeah i didn't know that but yeah but i mean that's, that's, that was before uh that was before yoel erickson act really broke out yeah no yeah. there's there's guys that have managed to become good players um or uh, have breakout years and i mean i think another one in a way is bugstad because he was on that line with kaprazov and parise and not necessarily like bugstad was the reason but he's there I mean, Kaprizov is the reason for that. Yeah, Kaprizov yeah. is hundred percent the reason, but he's there. And if you can, even if you're not necessarily um, driving the play, or you're not necessarily considered a first line center, you can still have value just by being there and being a complementary player to those guys. Mm-hmm. At some point, you need them, but I think the center position is a bit tougher to do that at. Yeah. Uh, so there are just a couple more things I want to cover before we can sort okay, of end this off because I know it's I know we've been going for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of didn't didn't even realize yeah. how long it's been, but yeah. yeah, I mean most podcasts are like two hours, so it can, like, yeah, no, I'm going to no. cut this down a bit as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, of course. so uh, before we end off, there are just a couple more things I want to talk about. First thing is mm-hmm. uh, the Oilers have been stiffed again on um, getting a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. I wanted to see Smith come back and him and Koskinen just tear it up. And, yeah. I, but I think I, there's someone that said, I forget who, I can't remember off the top of my head, that the Oilers, if you can hold McDavid and Dreisaitl to a point each a night, you're good. Yeah. Like you're going to win that game. Yeah. And I agree with that. And there's there's certain aspects of the team generally that can be improved, but goaltending would definitely be 
a prominent key in my mind. I think yeah. I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I, I will hope. Hopefully, they get a guy. Cause yeah. And uh, um, so the guy, I, um, the guy I was referring to is uh, Eric Comrie was placed on waivers. I think it was yesterday or something like that by oh, the yeah. New Jersey Devils, and the Winnipeg Jets picked him up again. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wanted to see Comrie do well, man. I, I like I'm cheering for him because you know he yeah. was at the World Juniors that year and try city Americans and you want to see him do well but at the same time it's like there comes a point where you just you're not gonna be you're not gonna you're not gonna make it almost you're not gonna like become that prospect that you were deemed yeah. when you're so young and it's like it's tough to see in goalies but there's obviously like the guys that come back late right yeah and I mean like um he's at least better than Stuart Skinner at the moment yeah like Skinner has a lot of potential yeah. upside, but uh, Comrie is better than Skinner at the moment. So I think he would have been an upgrade. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I don't know. The Oilers, I, I have my faith in Ken Holland. Yeah, right? I do as my well. I, I didn't yeah. have any faith in the original. Um, like in, Shirelli? Yeah, I didn't have any faith in Shirelli at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone has any faith in Shirelli anymore. No. no. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you know what? Maybe give him a job. I don't know what he's up to. He's probably scouting somewhere or yeah. something like that. But yeah. I feel yeah. like um, I feel like Shirelli is the type of like the type of uh, general manager that uh, like you um, you want. Yeah, as an AGM or yeah. an assistant to the yeah, assistant like general an manager, advisor, or like something. Yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. want him running your team necessarily. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. And uh, the final thing I wanted to end off on is, um, so it's a Sens thing, but it's an ECHL thing. I don't know if you've heard okay. about this. The, okay, okay. Um, the Sens ECHL affiliate, the Brampton Beast. So this is per yeah. um, Puck Report NHL on Instagram again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sens ECHL affiliate Brampton Beast have, withdraw- have withdrawn their membership in the ECHL. will cease operations at the end of the 21 season. Wow. I can, I, I guess I'd have to say it's probably because of COVID, I assume. Yeah. And ECHL teams, there's no doubt in my mind that if you're in Canada, you're not making money, especially with no yeah. fans, right? Like, it's just not going to happen. But that's a weird one to see because they've been around for a little bit now, too. Yeah. The Beast. Yeah, the Brampton Beast wow. have been around for a while. Um, and uh, they opted out of playing the season along with 10 other ECHL uh, teams. Okay. And I haven't really heard anything like else from those NHL teams, like from those ECHL teams, I should say. But yeah. uh, the ECHL is not the only league to have teams opt out and just refuse to play. You have the NWHL as well, which just shut down yeah. and are, aren't playing uh, at all yeah. for this season. Uh, and it it, yeah, it, like this was supposed to be the first season that the Toronto Six were playing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough if you're not named the National Hockey League, really, to make money unless you're going to have fans there. Right? I mean, like the National Hockey League is losing money playing this season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't know, they lost so much money just off ticket sales last year, even just yeah. canceling the remainder, no fans at the remainder of games. And it's obviously it's something that needs to happen. And I hope a lot of these leagues will just be like, you know what, we're not going to play this year, but we're going to save our money. We're going to do whatever. And then next year, hopefully we'll be back. And that's, that's all yeah. you can hold for it right now with COVID. Yeah. Um, like, I think what the NHL is doing right now is the pro- like, it's probably the best they can do 
under the circumstances mm-hmm. if they don't want to shut down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And I mean, you know, I remember at the start of the year, pretty much with every sports team, when every sports league was starting up, you're like, oh, if there's COVID, if there's a big case, they're going to shut down. But none of them seem to. They've all seemed to manage. And that's, it's a good sign because it gives something, something for people to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, I think, like, every hockey fan is hoping that the NHL stays up and running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah, um, the way the way things seem to be going with all the games being postponed, uh, we might not make it to the end of the season. I don't think. I'm hoping we do, but we might not. I bet. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that thought in the back of your mind, right? Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, right. Like uh, all you can do is hope. Yeah, and I think the way they've dealt with it has been relatively good, but hopefully, hopefully, we just see the less teams and less games getting postponed in the future. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unless there's anything more you want to talk about, I think we can just end off by saying that the Leafs yeah. play the Sens tonight at 7 p.m. And, yeah, let's uh, go Sens, right? I'm turning for the Leafs, but uh, sure. 